Good morning, afternoon, or evening. Welcome to the Not So Daily Show. The show comes to you daily, except when it doesn't. I'm your host, Tim McKay. On today's show, the DA is rolling blackouts like ESCOM. With tears in my eyes, with pain in my heart. The ANC continues to eat in our faces. <laughs> Local economy. Yes. For the sake of the vote. And Nomam Goma is singing more than his sister Nandi at the State Capture Commission. When he says it was a debit card with 3,000, there's nothing in my life that I can do with 3,000, and he knows that. We've got a great show lined up. Stick around. Let's begin with some good news. The vaccine program is well underway. This past week, both my parents and my grandmother got vaccinated, which is great, and we have to give credit where it's due. Soon we won't have to worry about whether or not we'll get vaccinated. All we'll have to worry about is social distancing, wearing a mask, and hoping that we don't get COVID. News just in now. The Harding Provincial Government has confirmed that the MEC for Health Doctor Nomatemba Mukherti is currently in self-isolation at home after she tested positive for COVID-19. Health MEC was one of the first people to receive the Johnson & Johnson vaccine under the Sisonke program in Gauteng. Isn't it crazy just how disrespectful COVID is? Out of all the vaccinated people it could go for, it goes for the Gauteng Health MEC. But before you guys panic and think this is just a South African issue, my favorite late night comedian, Bill Maher, also got COVID after being fully vaccinated. And I think it's time somebody tells COVID that it might have gotten the wrong bill. Comedian Bill Maher won't be taping his HBO program tonight after testing positive for COVID-19. And that's despite the fact that he is fully vaccinated. Will you personally get the first vaccine that's offered to you as soon as you can get it? Yeah, whatever my place in line uh, rightly is. So it turns out that the COVID vaccines don't actually stop you from getting COVID. They just prevent severe illness, hospitalization, and eventually death. Which sounds to me like that's exactly what the AstraZeneca vaccines that we gave away did. But I'm no health expert. Luckily, in a couple of weeks, we'll be getting Dr. Sivuile Maldikana, who you guys might know as the Sivu on social media to come weigh in on this topic. Wait, so, so the vaccine doesn't actually stop the, the virus completely. It just reduces the risk. Yeah, it seems like, well, with both the people that I know that have gotten it since getting vaccinated, they say that they're just asymptomatic. These are like old people, but they've been asked to stay at home uh, not interact with people, and it seems like it's transmissible. In some conversations that I have had with Sivu uh, on, on WhatsApp, he said that with AstraZeneca, the reason it couldn't be used is because it couldn't achieve herd immunity, which means that it would stop severe illness, severe illness and death, but you could still transmit the virus, which seems like exactly what's happening now. Yeah. So I'm not sure exactly what's going on. So it's like you can see where they were coming from, but like mm -hmm. at the same time, it feels like they, it's a wasted opportunity. They could have gotten ahead of it exactly. much sooner. But it's also scary. Like now, what can we do? Mm. I mean, I think this just goes to show us that we still don't understand this virus completely. Yeah. Because, and I mean, it makes sense because, you know, vaccines usually take about two years. To, yeah, exactly. You know, to create, to test, make sure they're safe and everything. Obviously, 100%. we haven't had that luxury. Yeah. Um, so I guess this is it. It's to be expected to some extent because we're it's trial and error on the go. Exactly. So I think it's, it just makes the point further that only like people that are like well, depending on availability, but definitely high risk people should be preferred. Yeah. I don't know how useful it is for us because. 
most young people don't even get severe illness yeah. so it's like why are you getting vaccinated yeah i mean i think we're fortunate because we're fortunate that young people are more resilient yeah, to it because exactly. already when you look at our country and delivering this vaccine we're so far behind yeah so we're fortunate and that's why i gotta give credit where it's due because this thing has been opened to over 60s for about a week or two and for both my parents and my grandma to have it there's clearly some sort of movement so yeah it does seem like they've sort of picked up yeah the pace pace. Not differs. Okay, so let's get into some news. It seemed that Pumzile van Damet followed in the footsteps of Lindiwe Mazibuko, Musi Maimani and Herman Mashaba by resigning from the DA, first as a DA MP and also from the party as a whole. The DA even took to Twitter to accept a resignation. But Pumzile has since come out and stated that no, she did not resign from the DA. Uh, but she is not willing to do any interviews. So there seems to be a lot that we don't know there. But for me personally, all I want from Van Dam is Triniso. I mean... And speaking of Triniso, aka The Truth, rapper aka did a tell-all interview with The Bar Leader TV, which aired on Saturday, 22nd May on their YouTube channel. I never wanted to, to lay things bare. I never wanted to really be in this position and have to explain. I just wanted to mourn and grieve. But I think the events of the last week or the last two or the month or whatever you want to call it, has really put me in a position whereby I now need to tell the truth um, and I need to speak and my voice needs to be heard because people want to know from me um, you know, what my uh, explanations or my answers to their questions uh, are. So yeah, I'm, I'm surprised <coughs> that, um, that he went to such a, a smaller platform, if I can call it that. I would expect yeah. that he would go to something yeah. either on TV or to you know, platform with a bigger personality. Yeah, no, same, same. Um, well, the specific platform, the Bar Leader TV, is owned by a guy named Legend Mangele. So he's done a lot of work. He, he, he did, I think he did the Bright Show with AKA actually, but he's also done Bing Bonang. They've done Living the Dream at Sumizi. So I think in terms of like quality, production, they sorted there. Yeah, sort of. But I know that they don't, I think they don't really focus on that YouTube channel. It's got about like, a thousand subscribers and guess this will change so i'm just wondering if it's like is there a bag there or is he just trying to tell the story without it being so mainstream yeah and you know yeah so like direct obviously like out of respect for the family and this yeah and that, yeah like so i think he's trying to sort of keep it low key and not do it in a way that feels like it's for attention exactly because yeah. people were having him for being he performed at this NetBank gig the other day. Isn't Yeah. So people were having him for that. And I remember people were also having him for, they suspect, or allegedly he leaked the screenshot of him talking to Nelly's dad. And the dad saying that Nelly is dramatic. Oh. Yeah. So I think he's in like a predicament of like trying to speak out without disrespecting the family, but also having to protect his name, which is like very weird. So judging by the... The, the questions that is asked, right, in the interview, which is, um, were they violent? Um, why did he break down the door? And also about the drugs, right? The alleged drugs, which were, they did ask about in the interview. Yeah. It does seem like all those things together, supported by the fact that the, di- the night where he, he broke the door, that's not alleged, did he break the door? The night where he broke the door, the video that uh, came out from that night, 
he says a lot of stuff that sounds defensive but he does say that here's someone who's trying to jump off the balcony yeah. which when you put it in sequence with the what happened in durban the incident in durban um that that incident where she says she's trying to jump off the balcony at his house and then jumping off the paper club it does seem it does support like the narrative like you said that that could be possible yeah but i think for me it seems like people are angry at the abuse and you know in our country how gender-based violence yeah. and all those things they're angry at the abuse that they almost want to punish him with murder yeah. for the abuse which is now is a bit off you know i mean like the, we, the we also live in a sorry to cut you yeah, off yeah, yeah. but we also live in a time where um you know this is the post me too era yeah where the slightest um sign of a man having either abused his power, abused a woman. Exactly. You, mob justice is going to try and, or the noise made by True. mob justice can be louder than facts and truths and all that exactly. stuff. So I think you're right. Especially when people are scared someone will get away with it. Yeah. You know, so that's why sometimes they just want to punish them by any means. Yeah. And, you know, to that end, it's understandable because. As you said, we live in a country where we have crazy GBV exactly. and just in general we have powerful men in, in the world, we have powerful men abusing their positions. So I think it makes sense that people get so angry and yeah. they don't want that chance of someone getting away with, with doing 100%. something like this. 100%. Yeah. But of course we have to wait and, and let, let the evidence and all that stuff speak, right, you know, course. the investigation. Yeah. Yeah. And staying with interviews, President Ramaphosa finally did an interview that he was not legally obliged to following his appearance at the State Capture Commission. But in typical ANC fashion, he did it in exile. Hello and welcome to France 24. Welcome for an interview with the President of South Africa, Cyril Ramaphosa. Mr. President, thank you very much for being with us today. You're most welcome. Uh, I want to get to your uh, predecessor, uh, Jacob Zuma. He's uh, standing trial on corruption charges, uh, especially for uh, a deal with a French company, Thales. Uh, the, deal, the trial has been postponed again, again and again. Uh, do you think he's trying to escape justice? Well, I don't think he's uh, escaping justice. If he was escaping justice, he would have run away somewhere, but he's not. He is uh, uh, obviously uh, trying to exercise his rights as a person who is accused. He says it's a witch hunt. Uh, well, I think, you know, uh, he would want to say that, but it isn't. He knows very well that uh, our justice system justice system is a fair justice system and our democracy is a robust democracy that enables all these things to happen and when one is found not guilty uh, it basically means that you're not found guilty. Mm. Do you regret not speaking out more at the time when you were vice president about what was going on? Have you listened to my testimony when I go. <laughs> uh, just last question, uh, I want to talk about, uh, it's related obviously the disputes within the ANC, it's been out in the public. Yes. The Secretary General for our viewers, Ace Magashule, uh, yes. has been suspended because he's himself facing corruption charges. He in turn is challenging this in court and he says that you should be uh, suspended and that you're going after him because he is siding with Jacob Zuma and that this is done to help your re-election campaign. What is your reaction to those well, allegations, serious allegations against you? Well, there no, there's no real substance to many of those things. I mean, it's a, a person who 
is himself facing criminal charges, who will seek to find ways to defend himself. And attack So you. there's, uh, uh, you know, when you're president, you're attacked by anybody. I carry on with my work. Will uh, he be expelled from the ANC because of what he's doing? That is not uh, for me to say. <laughs> Bro, people are angry that this guy did an interview in France. <laughs> and uh, seasoned like, journalists like Reddy Tlaibi have been saying the president does not do one-on-one -on -one sit-downs. Yeah. Um, when he was supposed to do the chairman's conversation on Power FM, he declined that due to like, their... Um, controversies and stuff but it was weird having to like watch a foreign channel to to see your own president yeah that was weird i heard um someone else complain that like yeah i can't even catch him on our own channel, channel to tune in to, tune into france 24 yeah, and weird. um the worst the worst thing for me was that he was discussing personal south african issues yeah. it wasn't if they were talking about like foreign policy yeah, and this yeah. and that i don't understand okay uh, you know, he's in another country, they want to know what he's doing there, yeah. it made sense. But they spoke about ACE, he gave them answers about ACE that he does not say in South Africa. It's like, ACE is just um, acting out, yeah, yeah. he answered answers, uh, uh, questions on Zuma, like very personal stuff. But I was surprised because obviously when you look at politics, not even when you look at politics, but him doing interviews here, mm. he's more likely to get in hot water because whoever's going to be interviewing him will be um, privy or knowledgeable to the things that are going on here. Yeah. Um, and they will probably ask him tough questions. Whereas yeah. when you're overseas, the people who are interviewing you, they, they don't know all the specifics. Yeah, they he, just he, ask he can the get surface. away exactly yeah. with a lot more. But the media I mean? has been accused of being on his side, and like I think that's why most of them are even so touched because. Um, oh yeah, that's true. It's like yo, bro, but we have we've had your back. back. <laughs> I get you. But, but I mean, think about it in this way. Like, here's an analogy. Um, when you're at home, mm. you, can, you can dress in sweatpants or whatever. <laughs> you don't really, you're not too concerned with the opinions yeah. of people at home. Which um, is the saddest part. And that's why people are taking it. Yeah. And then when you so go out, you put on your best, you're presentable. Mm. You know what I mean? So, and I mean, look, maybe it's not even... Maybe that's not the best analogy because obviously part of the reason you don't care as much as ho at home is that you know there's love there. You're comfortable. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, and in, in this scenario, it is a bit dodgy. Yeah, the love, the love is fading. The, the love, love is, is there, fading. but it's like, bro, like, what are you doing? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Now was was a very interesting, weird one. Mm. But yeah, speaking to South Africans doing interviews abroad, this past week, Tusom Bedi was on both the Daily Social Distancing Show with Trevor Noah, as well as Oprah Winfrey's show. And the reaction Oprah Winfrey gave to Tuso was just priceless. First of all, let me just say, I have never, ever in this lifetime seen a consistent performance as you have given in the Underground Railroad. And I have to ask you, how are you? Because psychologically, <laughs> mentally, emotionally, spiritually, how yeah. did yeah. you do that? Uh, I'm good now, I'm good. Um, after we wrapped the shoot, I went to see a therapist because I felt I really needed to debrief from the character because the character and I, have a lot of similarities in terms of our foundation so i had to differentiate between the two so i'm good now yeah 
<laughs> you see, yo, bro, Oprah was finding out over this girl. She said that the performance Tuso gave was the most consistent performance she's ever seen. Oprah Winfrey, dog, bro. the lady who was on the color purple, bro. talking but about. Also, she's been around for so long. Yeah, for and her she's. To say that. The color purple, I think, is like. It's kind of similar to Underground Railroad in terms of telling the story of like historical slavery. Yeah. Yeah. So, and also, Oprah like is is very well versed in that topic. Exactly. So for her to be so touched by that Tuso performance yeah. is is crazy. But I, I do think there's some kind of um, you know, and not to downplay Tuso's achievement in any mm. way. Um, I think there's a there's a camaraderie, if I can call it yeah. that, there. With, and it's always been there with between like South Africans, Africans in general, mm. and Black Americans. Yeah, where I think this symbolizes sort of a crossover yeah. and a, um, a tangible manifestation of that. Mm. Um, the fact that we have a similar history. Yeah, mm. she also like in the interview she does. She does kind of join it together, mm. like uh, not having lived through apartheid, but like just the similarities of like. Yeah, African American slavery and apartheid in South Africa. Yeah, I think yeah, it, it's definitely undoubtable. I, when I watched on the Daily Social Distancing show, I couldn't help but pick up the accent. Yo, bro, she's got a <laughs> she's got a full American accent now. Really? But well, no, it actually makes sense. But when I watched, I watched like a few minutes of the Underground Railroad. I felt like I was in the right space to watch the whole thing. But from the few minutes, I was like, yo. If if I didn't know, I would never be able to tell she's not American. Yeah, she she definitely that's put the work in, bro. She definitely put the work in, and that's something we used to talk about about yeah. South Africans being able to play roles in America that aren't they don't play Africans in yeah. those roles. Like yeah. being able to play roles where they are mm. American, and that's crazy. Like mm. she she killed it. She I killed mean, I guess that's it's weird how how surprised we still get. I guess it's just because of how impressive it is, but. It's part of an actor's uh, skill set, yeah, to, to be learn. able to because the whole point is you are um, changing yourself and portraying someone who is not you. Mm. So I think you know it's it's still impressive, but yeah. it makes sense that a good actress like Tuson Bed would be able to to pick that up to pick that up and become it. that in a convincing way. You exactly. know, exactly. but it, but also like I imagine with with her you said that she she sort of has a twang now yeah it's <laughs> crazy bro but yeah not big up big ups so yeah let's go into some politics now um the by-elections results came out this week and the anc was surprisingly i don't know if it's still surprising anymore leading the by-elections i think they got like an overwhelming majority followed by the da which lost ground um the eff got zero votes and um Gaten McKenzie's party got two. So the Gaten Mc McKenzie has a party. Gaten McKenzie has a what party. The hell? <laughs> Bro, they, they did better than the EFF. But the question that I have, right, is that looking at this video, which we alluded to. <laughs> Local economy. Yes. <laughs> For the sake of the vote. But the question I have for everyone is, looking at this video, 
of uh, MEC Loiso Masuku in the township buying chicken feet and pork trotters and saying that she's contributing to the township economy. Doesn't that make it clear that the ANC knows its stronghold? The ANC's stronghold is the disempowered and unemployed people of South Africa. So what would a party that knows it can impress people with chicken feet do to help them? Because the more people get uplifted, the more they wake up to what the ANC is doing. So is there really any improvement that this party will ever do for the country? It's such a transparent... Um, it's, it's a transparent scheme. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, it's also insulting, honestly. Exactly, bro. bro. Like, you really think, like, how much are chicken feed on the street? Like, bro. three rand or three something rand. like that. Like, look, if you look at it technically, sure, you are. Um, but, like, but you're buy, significant... But you're buying once, even if you go you there and spend I mean? 200 rand. You're not even spending the fuel it takes you to go there. Exactly. But the cheap campaigning, bro, and mm -hmm. like they always say, like for me, it's just dawned on me that the NC can't help, won't help people. Not that they can't, they won't, because the more people that get out of poverty, the more they lose votes. Because obviously, their primary or their target audience are people who recognize that. Um, the ANC took them out of poverty out of, exactly. or rather out of oppression. Exactly. And now they are the party they are looking to to bring them out of poverty yeah. and struggle. Exactly. But now, yeah, you're not going to to vote for them if you realize that they're not doing that yeah. same thing. I mean, if we look at our demographic, the not so daily shows demographic, a lot of people that we talk to aren't into the ANC. Yeah. <laughs> if we if you look at the people who talk to universities, mm. they're not ANC. Mm. So there's a clear um, if, when you listen to the radio, people are complaining about the ANC. Mm. But when you look at the election results, the ANC is leading. Mm. So there are a lot of people that aren't part of these YouTube and exactly. radio conversations that are for the ANC. Exactly. Because all the information they get is when people come and buy chicken feet once a year, people come and hand out T shirts. Mm. So it's it's you know it's so like when you look at it like that, it's very scary that yeah. there's no incentive for them to help people. None, none. Especially when it's not election, it's like, like election time. I had the same realization like a while back. I don't know if it was with you, but with potholes, mm. you know, like they only start fixing, fixing those things around election time. And then exactly. that gives you the false impression that, like, okay, yeah, shit is getting done. None. It was done by these guys. guys. Let me vote for them. Yeah. But, you know, once you... And look, I mean, it comes with experience and, you know, just life experience, yeah. seeing these things happen over yeah, and over, over again. And over again, realizing. Yeah, and then you start to put two it's and two crazy, together. Yeah, it's crazy. But obviously, you, yeah, as you said, when you're not, like, struggling, you know, like most people in SA, um, really in poverty, like when you're not, when you're struggling like that, I don't know, that, that's, those are not your real... Those are not your immediate concerns, concerns you know, yeah. potholes, things like that. Yeah, now, exactly. You're worried about, um, you know, getting, shelter. Yeah, shelter. Yeah, the hierarchy, food. the most hierarchy of needs. Exactly. It's easily satisfied, like satisfiable. Mm. Like somebody just comes a day before elections and builds you an RDP house, and then they plant that idea that your neighbors are going to get RDP houses, and you've satisfied their hierarchy of needs. So exactly. It's crazy. But one more story. Noma Gigawa released Confessions Part 2 at the State Capital Commission. And one of my standout moments is when they asked her how much money Melusi would put in the credit card that she, she was allowed to use in overseas travels. Melusi claims that it was not a credit card, it was in fact a debit card with 3,000 rand. When he says it was a, 
debit card with 3,000. There's nothing in my life that I can do with 3,000, and he knows that. So uh, when it says it was a debit card, that's him saying that. Uh, for me, what I know, it was a, a credit card. He said it was his credit card, but it didn't have his signature, but it was a credit card. And what was the limit on that credit card? What he said to me, he said I mustn't use money more than hundred thousand. So I don't know how much was the credit card, what what, how much was the limit because it was not linked to me. But when I go overseas, sometimes I will use it to buy a bag. Like to make an example, bag maybe will cost like thirty to forty thousand. So it's a lie that it has three thousand. Also in my life. There's nothing I can do with 3,000 rand. Right after she left, it was Malusi's turn to testify, and surprise, surprise, he denied everything. Meanwhile, Gigaba described his estranged wife's testimony as creative imagination, extensive lies, inaccuracies, and fabrications. Whilst I was Minister of Public Enterprises, um, my interactions with them did not increase or decrease. You know, they continued, because as I say, I knew them. So what, what I'm not denying here is that I knew them. As many people knew them, uh, I also knew them. So I continued interacting with them um, on several occasions. I would have, um, as I said, um, visited the, the, their residence and interacted with them at different functions. So there was no increase in the interactions. So yeah, that's where we're going to end it. As you know, we're shooting at 5 Campbell Road, Craigavon, right here in Fourways. If you want to catch the show live you're welcome to come through next week 11 o'clock the 29th of may and if you can't come through keep watching it on youtube just like comment and subscribe tell a friend about it cheers